Hey, Hopefuls, you're listening to Babes with Hope with your hosts, Jessa, Tash, and Rachel. I'm Jessa. I'm a Potter nerd, history buff, and loving dog mom, and I'm an expert at helping you connect to your intuition and authentic self. And I'm Tash, a fun-loving, adventure-seeking world traveler, and my expertise is in organizational goal-setting. And I'm Rachel. I'm a figure skating, gym-loving Disney nerd, and I'm an expert at helping you uncover your innermost thoughts and emotions so you can discover your inner champion. And together, we're Babes with Hope. Hey, Hopefuls. Welcome back to another episode of Babes with Hope. I am Rachel. I'm here with Jessa and Tash. We were talking about... Hey! Hey, yo! (laughs) We were talking about what would be the most appropriate content to put out the last week of of 2020. And we dun, were dun, like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And we were like, what else but a very open, honest, vulnerable conversation about what 2020 has brought us? Both well, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. And how we have grown. And hopefully we can provide space and opportunity for you to reflect on your year as well. What you've taken from this year, both through the growing pains, maybe through the positive outcomes that have come your way. But we're just here to talk about what we've gone through this year and what we've taken away. And, and then in 2021, we'll talk more about what we want to create next year but for this episode we're just kind of summing up 2020 so yeah i know (laughs) even when i say isn't it funny like the words 2020 have like their own energy now it's like you say that and you're just like ugh, it has like this heavy weight do you guys remember 2016 how at the end of 2016 everybody was like this was such a shit year i don't even remember oh well okay now i do like whatever Trump being elected or whatever but I think it was not just that I think I remember there was a bunch of shit in 2016 do you guys remember that like they're all the memes at the end of that year were like I survived 2016 Am I the only no I have this? no recollection of this no you either <laughs> that that long ago but I'm like trying to remember I do remember 2016 being a hard year for me personally, um, but for, for for personal reasons, I don't remember like were there celebrity deaths or something. Like, I don't even remember what happened in 2016. Honestly, I don't remember either, and I don't. Maybe that's anticlimactic and that's what to bring we're up. We're gonna be saying about 2020, <laughs> 2024. I don't even. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna be saying we don't remember what happened in 2020. <laughs> um how could anyway. one ever forget a global pandemic yeah <sighs> yeah i feel yeah. like this is the year that we're gonna be like talking to our grandkids about and being like oh like i remember the beginning of 2020 back in the day when we didn't have to wear masks when we oh could God. be in groups of 20 when we could uh, we could be in groups of thousands. Forget 20. Yeah. You could go to concerts and stuff. That was a thing, guys. 
Yeah, I actually saw this meme and it was like um, talking about the, it depicted this picture of an old grandma maybe having like Alzheimer's, like telling her grandkid about, oh, I remember when I went to live concerts with like thousands of people and the like young kid is like saying like, okay, grandma, like you're crazy. Like, let's get you back to bed. I feel like that's like how some of these things that we became so accustomed to is gonna be like in the future like who knows man but all we can do is have hope for a better future and take the lessons that we learned this year and kind of what can we learn what can we do differently and how can we apply it so that 2021 we don't make the same mistakes and we overcome, we face new challenges and we have grown in a new way. So there is definitely going to be some new challenges because we are always, always being tested. I find. Yeah. Um, I feel like too, something that maybe is not talked about enough about, or I'm just not seeing is like going through the grieving process of grieving those things that, either we're never going to get back again, like possibly being in crowds of thousands, um, or is it's just going to change completely. And I mean, I, so last summer I worked at the Hollywood bowl for the first time and I was constantly Hollywood bowl is in LA. It's like this huge concert venue. Um, I was constantly around thousands of people you know, like four times a night every week for the summer. And in 2019, in 2019, yes. And as we came around again, the beginning of the new Hollywood Bowl season, because it closes for the winter. So the season starts in March or April, I think. And pretty much the time when it was supposed to be starting up again for this new season was around the time that COVID started. And I just, I mean, that's one of the things that I definitely had to grieve personally was like not being able to go back to that job and see all my friends and just like, it's such an electric energy to work at a concert venue. Like it's, it's unlike honestly anything I've ever done before and I loved it so much but you know just in that vein of like what are things that we that are possibly never going to be the same again you know like to me one of the biggest challenges of this year um which I'm not sure if I mentioned on the podcast yet is I realized after we all start have had to start wearing masks all the time, how much I depended on reading people's lips while I was talking to them. And I like, that's not even a thing anymore. So now I'm having to like understand people's like eyebrow expressions or whatever, you know, like, and so I, that was, I mean, you know, just a personal little thing that I had to kind of grapple with. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Have you guys heard anything about people being like, yeah, we need to, you know, grieve the things no. that aren't gonna, right? No. Like it's not really talked about. And I think that that is important, especially as a society. And I'm wondering if we're so much like when this is over, everything's gonna go back to normal and kind of like denying that. But it's not, I, I mean, I don't know if that's political to say, but it's not, it's right. not gonna go back. I mean, I mean I'm, I, there's no way. There's no back to back to what? Yeah, we're gonna have to refigure out what that is. 
our quote unquote new normal. We don't even know what our new normal is going to be. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. We are going to have to figure it out and we have to grieve all the things that we've lost that I think uh, for myself, I'll speak for myself. I have not grieved these different things like not being able to go to concerts anymore even like going to the movies with my family. I was just going to say that. Yes. Yeah, that's I like miss a, the movie theater so much. Yeah. That's a huge tradition for me and my family, especially right now during the holiday season. And it's like all these things. I just, I think there's this emotional like depression and defeat yet People are like, well, I just got to get over. We just got to get through it. We just got to get through it. We just got to get to the other side. We just got to get to 2021. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yes, and it isn't going to go back to normal. So we do need to honor how we feel. And we do need to grieve these things that might not come back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's just one of the many many things that we have all had to deal with this year. Um, Do we want to start out? So I think we're going to break down the year by season is kind of what we thought would be the easiest to do for each of us. Um, Do we want to start with how the year went at at the beginning with winter, January and February and March of this year? Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Okay. I was so excited about 2020. Same. I'm sure so many people were. I think it was the three of us. Like this was kind of where our journey together started because. Oh my God. Yes. The vision challenge. Yeah. December, like exactly this time last year, December, (laughs) we were hosting a 2020 vision challenge. Like what does your vision want to look like for 2020 <laughs> we made vision boards we wrote letters to ourselves we kind of created this amazing like group vibe around 2020 and we like rode that wave into february <laughs> uh, oh lord yeah so that was what was going on with us as a group so for me individually I was like ready to leave my job. I I don't I don't know how much of my personal story I've shared on this podcast. So you guys can fast forward me if you, I've already shared all this. But I was teaching full time and was pretty unhappy doing that. I mean, it's not that I was terrible at my job or anything. I just wasn't in alignment there. Like it was just time. It was time to end that phase of my life and move forward into full entrepreneurship because I'd really had a foot in both camps for years and it was wearing me down. I was trying to be a full-time entrepreneur and a full-time teacher and it just was not working. I was running myself into the ground. So I was like, oh, we'll do this 2020 vision challenge in December. It'll be great. We'll get people really excited about 2020 and their goals and what they want to accomplish in their year. And in that way, we'll be helping people and I can get myself out of this situation because I can have clients. So I was really excited of like, this is it. I'm quitting my job. End of December. I'm out. We're going to launch this program. I'm going to get lots of new clients in January. And 2020 is going to be the best year ever. This is like what I thought. (laughs) 
I'm laughing now because <laughs> very different story. Yeah. We're young, so naive. <laughs> All of us. Oh my God. Yes. Um, so the star of 2020 actually was all of those things for me. Like the first quarter of the year or the first three months of the year was fantastic. Like I got new clients. We started our 2020 vision, whatever program I, I, I brought on like five new clients through this program that we did. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm making just as much money as I made as a teacher. This is great. I don't need this job anymore. I left at the perfect time, blah, blah, blah. And then as we all know, once COVID hit, uh, I lost all of those clients. Not a single one was like, I can still afford this. Every, every single person was like, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to be laid off. I, what is the first thing they're going to cut? Their life coach, because it's like, seems like such a luxury to have a life coach. At least, you know, that's what we thought back then. I think now people are realizing it's not a luxury. It's actually very much a necessity. But back mm-hmm. then it was like, this is a luxury for me. I have to cut this out because I'm losing my job. And boom, I lost five clients, which brings me to spring. So I'm going to pause and like, what was going on with you guys? That first, like end of December of 2019, moving into 2020, what was that phase like for you? I was kind of thriving. So I was working two jobs. I had just that summer moved into my own apartment um, with my dog. I just, I felt like I had leveled up in life. Like I was really busy. We were working on our combined stuff. I was trying to build a business as a life coach and like really, you know, throw all my energy into that while also like, and not to like, I don't need to like go into too much of my history, but like working a normal job has kind of always been a struggle for me. Uh, and so the fact that I was busy all the time and I was energized by that and I was working on my side hustle and I was energized by that. And I was doing really well with my personal finances, which has always been, you know, kind of a hardship for me. I felt like I, like 2020 was going to be my year, not only like superficially, I am obsessed with the 1920s. And so 2020 being the beginning of this century's 20s, I was like, this is fucking it. We are going to Gatsby this shit up. And the like 2020s are going to be the best decade of my life. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And I turned 30 in February. Like it was the beginning of my thirties and I, yeah, I just, I felt like I was thriving. Um, and then yeah, COVID hit and I lost, I was furloughed from both jobs instantly, um, within the same day. And that, that pretty much brings me up to spring as well. Um, yeah. What about you, Tash? And so for me, I guess the end of December, moving into January, like once we finished our 2020 vision challenge, this was the time that my now husband lost his dad. So he went to travel across the world and left me here in Canada with our two dogs. And this was like January, February, March was really a time of like me trying to figure out 
how to kind of do all the things that we did as a couple on my own. Like the first month in January, I spent like $700 on groceries and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just by myself. Like, and I ended up like not eating all those groceries because like I bought way too much freaking food and like cooked like way too much food all the time because I was like thinking I was cooking for two, but it's just me and like still eating just my portions. So that was like, um, a curveball uh, for the beginning of the year was really just me trying to like adjust to taking a new routine with the dogs and work and with my own like just making sure I'm like staying sane and we just did this 2020 challenge so I have like a client I'm like okay now I have like to figure out what to do for my like own life I feel just like completely up in the air because we have a little bit of a plan here for like Sultan being out of the country, but we don't have like a, like a super like clear, we had to push our wedding back. Like, so everything just felt like it was crumbling and I felt so, so alone was basically how I can sum up the beginning of the year was just a kind of shock to the system because we decided that Sultan would travel and he traveled two days later. So it was, it was definitely a shock and a transition into a new routine. And then I started feeling like I was in a groove and got into a routine and figured out, you know, all the things and all the things. And then March comes and March is like, has its own its own challenges all together <laughs> in one um and oh we were talking about like just grieving and I think that this whole year has looked a lot different with like grieving in general with the loss of loved ones in March um my grandma passed away and I haven't seen my family really at all but they came to my, my parents came to our wedding, but I haven't seen my grandpa or anyone else since like last year. And just being able to like grieve together on the passing of my grandma, like I can't even imagine like how my grandpa must be doing. And, you know, it's one thing to like grieve the death of a loved one and also grieve the death of your own normal mm -hmm. so I think like that's kind of how spring started for me was just grieving the loss of a love and grieving the loss of what I had come to call normal yeah dang yeah what was spring like for you Jessa um, spring was, I just felt like I was in a constant state of like being in a parallel universe. I was like, what is this? What is a pandemic? Uh, I remember actually very specifically, huh? Like, that's so funny. Like, actually, like we've read about what? it, but like, what is it? Yeah. I remember very specifically, this was probably, 
two weeks before everything was shut down. Um, we had just started hearing about this weird disease that was going around in China and, um, like it, Italy hadn't even shut down yet. And my manager at one of my jobs apparently is like, I don't know, just really with it, with the news. And, um, he was like, you know, if you have any investments, I would probably pull them right now. I would grab all of your savings, um, based on what we're seeing throughout the world, you know, like we're going to be in quarantine, like the whole world's going to be in quarantine for like four months. So you better like get ready. And I looked at him, like he had just grown three heads. I was like, what are you even like, absolutely not first of all like who who was this that gave you this this, advice a manager of mine from my job oh he was pretty much just saying like hunker down like shit's about to get real and I was like you're crazy um the first thing that popped into my head was like nobody in America is going to abide by being locked down into their house. Like not one person is going to listen to this, which is funny based on kind of how things have played out politically this year. But obviously, as we know, a couple of weeks later, not only like entire countries were completely shutting down and then just the entire world shut down. Um, So yeah, spring was for me just trying to like understand what that meant fully. And also it was kind of this really weird stage and feeling for me because as I said before, being like having to work at a job all the time, like wasn't necessarily like my greatest strong suit. And so as much as I was kind of freaking out, like, what am I going to do for rent? What am I going to do for, you know, like money in general, like whatever. I was also like, um, they just told me that I get to sit in my house for two weeks and not have to go anywhere. Like, this is kind of freaking awesome because also too, like it really hadn't hit us yet as far. And like the, extent the death the all the things like it hadn't hit us yet and I was just like cool so I get a two-week vacation pretty much where I just get to chill in my apartment like I'm kind of solid with that and then obviously like as we know the understanding grew to be something much 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 worse than that um but to make a long story short I after a couple of weeks of being at my apartment um and The first couple of weeks I was like, I think I binge watched as much Netflix and whatever as I could. I just like took it easy. And then the third week I was like, you know what? No, I am going to use this time productively. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, you know, kickstart my business even more, all this stuff. I went and stayed with my grandma for three weeks. She has this awesome, like our family home uh, in Orange County with a pool. Uh, And at that time, the pool in my apartment building had, was being like renovated. And so you couldn't go down there. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to go and sit margaritas with my grandma for three weeks. And it was, I I felt like I was just kind of living the life also while the world is burning around me. Right. Um, (laughs) So, and that was also too, the time that you and I, Rach, originally thought of the idea of positively pay it forward, which was the original idea that started Rays of Hope, which then became Babes of Hope. So as the girls were saying earlier, we worked together on several different 
week-long challenges. Um, we did a couple at the end of 2019. I think we did another one in January. Uh, and then around, it was March or April, I think, Rachel and I, I think you actually on your Instagram was like, I want to do something. I just don't know what to do. And I reached out to you and I was like, yes, I'm on board. I want to help. Like, I want to be of service during this time and like provide hope and positivity for people. So you and I did a week-long challenge um, that was just about bringing people positivity in this time that was like really crazy. Um, and then after that week, we were like, well, we want to keep going. And also we brought in Tash like immediately. And that's how Rays of Hope was, was yeah. born. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Spring. I'm like, as you're telling your version of events, I'm like, yep, yep. 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 I mean, with slight variations of details, but that was yeah. basically my experience. So during, even though I had launched my own business in, you know, whatever, whenever last year at some point, I mean, I'd been a part-time entrepreneur for a long time, but it was like, okay, now I'm going to go full-time. And I was still working as an ice skating instructor at the local ice skating rink, because for one thing, ice skating is a passion of mine. It's been a passion of mine for forever. And for another thing that was pretty consistent income. I had a lot of clients. I'm talking, I could easily work 20 hours a week with clients at skate town and each client's only 30 minutes. So I had a lot of clients at the skating rink. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep that because that's income. That's pretty much always there. I mean, with life coaching, people do terms, right? Like they'll like, they want to coach for three months or six months or a year. And then after you, hopefully the goal is you get people life transformations and then they're like, sweet, peace out for a while. That's the goal. Same with, I think for therapy is the goal is eventually you outgrow your therapist. Hopefully at some point, even you might do come back and do check-ins later or whatever. So okay, with skating, I'm so yeah. sorry. Let me like yeah. interject there really quick. I actually forgot to say in winter when everything was going so well, I had been working with a therapist for like nine months. She and I were like, I think you're good. Like, I think you're at a state where like you can go and try and like do life by yourself. That was in like February of this year. Ha ha jokes on us. Thanks, sorry to therapist. No, but that is the goal. So I like, totally get where she's coming from. So anyway, all of that to say that I wanted to keep my job at Skate Town because ice skating is very different. An athlete never comes to a point in their time where they're like, well, great. Thanks. I've arrived. I don't need you anymore. It's very different. So I kept that job. And as we all know, everything was shut down. So I lost probably 40 clients at the ice skating rink, like overnight. And all of my life coaching clients overnight. And all of a sudden I had nothing. And I was like, what is happening? What are we going to do? And at that time, also my husband was laid off. Woohoo. That was a bonus. That was super fun. So we actually, this is like, this is the reality of the situation, guys. We live with my parents <laughs> now because both of us lost our jobs. Um, so at that time, gosh, when was that that he lost his job? Must have been March. So my husband got laid off in March. 
we were like, cool, we have no income whatsoever. Um, we we're moving in with my parents for a while. It's supposed to be temporary. Ha ha. So it's supposed to be like, let's just get back on our feet while the whole world is shut down. <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, the world still is pretty much shut down. So yeah, it's true. We had no idea, right? Like everyone was thinking like a month, two months. Oh my God. I remember people were like, there's no way we're still going to be doing this in June. Yeah. Like that was like the big thing. They're like two weeks. We're going to be in quarantine for two weeks. And that seemed like everybody was like two weeks. What are we going to do for two weeks? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So much like you, Jessa, I was like, well, I'm going to take a two week vacation and sit on my butt and eat Cheez-Its and watch movies and Netflix and, and whatever. That was great. To be honest, I was so burnt out. I was like, I need this right now. (laughs) And then by about week three, I was like, what am I doing? I've gained like 10 pounds in two weeks. I'm sitting around. I'm just waiting for life to start. This is crazy. Uh, let's do something. And that's when we decided we were going to do the positively pay it forward challenge. And that kind of rocketed us really to where we are now, where I was able to get clients again through this positivity challenge. Some of whom are still my clients all this, all these months later. Um, and we were able to get rays of hope off the ground, which Back then, Rays of Hope was a group coaching program, and it was thriving. We had so many phenomenal women in this group coaching program. Um, It was was awesome. It was fantastic. Um, So figuring all that out in the spring was – spring for me was kind of like a shifting, a massive shifting, a scramble of like what does life look like now, and then trying to rebirth a lot of things of like, okay, well – if I can't go to skate town and I can't like all of my one-on-one clients are can't afford life coaching right now, let's get creative. So we created a group coaching program called Rays of Hope and the rest we will get to. But what was, I guess, Tash, you already shared about spring, but what was your summer like? Yeah. So I touched on spring a little bit. Um, so at the end of spring or at, sorry, at the end of winter, beginning of spring, that's like when my grandma passed away. This was also the time that Sultan was supposed to come home, but due to many complications that we kind of covered in some of our episodes already, um, that he was just like completely stuck overseas. And I had in my mind that he was coming home and in reality, he's stuck. So I was just kind of adjusting and like hunkering down to (laughs) to be alone some more um and it's like as we were brainstorming for the episode they're like okay what happened in winter like I was alone okay what happened in spring I was alone (laughs) like that's basically how my start of 2020 went (laughs) just like adjusting to this like alone routine and I was like so kind of like stuck up in my own stuff at this point like the girls came to me and they're like do you want to do positively pay it forward with us and I'm like I literally have zero fucking positivity in me right now like no I can't I can't be positive (laughs) like I that's literally what I told them I'm like no I can't be positive 
<laughs> and they're like, okay, no worries. Like you can um, like, just like be a fly on the wall or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's good. That is great. I will, I will fly it up on the wall. <laughs> and so like moving into summer, like honestly, spring and summer are my favorite, favorite times of year here on Vancouver Island. The start of spring, this is like all the cherry blossoms are coming out. Everything is just so cheerful. The rain has started like to lift a little bit. The flowers are out. My birthday month is May. So springtime for me was like, you know, kind of a little bit of glimmer of hope because I had kind of come gotten used to being alone that like, I'm like, okay, I know the routine now I can do this. Like I have full confidence in my independence that like I can survive like here by myself with the dogs. I have the routine. I have like friends that I'm talking to and I have a hope for the future. Like these girls are reaching out to me. They still want to work with me, even though like I told them I have no positivity in me whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> so I, yeah, the springtime for me was like still a lot of that like alone feeling, but it was kind of a brighter alone if that makes sense. That's like a weird thing to say. <laughs> like, I felt more at peace being alone in the springtime. And there was like more hope because like, okay, now this is like how it's happening. And then this sounds like so weird to say, like, <laughs> I was having more hope as the pandemic was starting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I had more hope because I think we had okay, Sultan is stuck. We know that. We had to push our wedding. We know that. Like, all the things we know are happening, they're happening. So what can we do from it? We just have a little bit of hope that things are going to get better. And they did. So that, for me, spring was kind of, like, exactly that. Like, the flower blooming, basically. Mm -hmm. And then moving into summer, summer was exciting because I had my husband home well he was my fiance then but now he's my husband and I can't stop saying it so <laughs> <laughs> and so we went into quarantine for two weeks at the very beginning of summer um and then we got released on Canada Day back into the world <laughs> and that was awesome just being able to like go for a walk get some fresh air and like go down to the waterfront or to our favorite lake um, so summer was just a lot of that, like just kind of, for me, the challenge in summer was between navigating this, building my own business, being an entrepreneur, and then at the same time, um, like grinding my ass off, working a nine to five for somebody else, just to make sure that like we took that time off for quarantine, like Sultan hadn't been working for six months um, in Saudi, so just kind of like trying to decide, okay, here are my priorities. Like, where do I put my focus? Because it's all important to me. And just kind of navigating through that, that's like was my biggest challenge for this summer season. Mm -hmm. For sure. Totally. Um, what was your summer like, Jessa? 
summer has been the hardest or was the hardest for me. Um, I feel like I was just completely depressed, like for pretty much the entirety of summer. Um, it was really like the thick of the lockdowns. So like we had been locked down already for like three months. It was before things, at least in Southern California, before things had started to ease up on the lockdowns. And so we still could not go anywhere or do anything. I mean, in LA, our hiking trails were locked down because hiking is like such a big thing in LA that everybody's flocking to it, especially if they have time off. And so even being outdoors seemed to be off limits. Um, so it was just really, really rough. And personally, I being alone, being isolated alone was much harder than I ever gave myself credit for. I, I, I'm fine being alone. I'm fine living alone. Like I actually genuinely enjoy not having to fight with people about where decorations go or if who's doing the dishes or whatever. Like I, <laughs> I'm chill doing that, but being isolated alone is a much different story. Um, the days blend together. And during that time I had signed up to do a coaching program, um, to get some certifications and that wasn't really going well for me. I was really questioning whether coaching was what I wanted to do, or if I just am being lazy, like totally having to confront my own limiting decisions about myself while going through this program. And also still trying to like, I had a couple clients at the time trying to like, actually, I think my clients were in spring. Yeah, I did not have any clients in, in summer. And then when we started Rays of Hope, the group coaching program, which the actual program was throughout summer, um, I mean, I remember showing up to those meeting calls that we would have every single week with you guys. And I just felt like I had no capacity for um, anything, for showing up to hold space, to be a friend, to be a business partner. I mean, I remember the last session, like the last little section of Rays of Hope that we did, I came to you guys and I was like, girls, I'm so sorry. And if you guys don't want to work with me anymore because of this, I totally understand. But like, I can't, like, I can't show up in the way that I promised you that I would. I just, I can't right now. Um, and of course you being the lovely, incredible women that you were, you, totally like were supportive and like made up for the, the space that I couldn't, you know, take up. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was really, really a rough time for me. Um, and uh, this is, sounds kind of silly to say, but, and there were a couple of, of things that equated that like came, what am I trying to say? That got me to the other side of that depressive feeling. Um, but the idea of fall, the idea of being able to like decorate for Halloween and get into the holidays, as I said last week, like the last three months of the year are my fucking favorite. Um, I'm just like such a happy, joyful person and I love theming things out. Um, and I start preparing for Halloween in July. So like that was just a little glimmer of 
hope for me that I could start listening to my Halloween music that I started seeing like pumpkin things out at my, you know, weekly trip out to target. That was the only like highlight of my week was being able to go to target because they were still open. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest thing for me, uh, was, you know, having the holidays to look forward to, um, but yeah, summer was really kind of a shit show for me personally. It was a really, really big low. So yeah. What about for you, Rachel? Yeah. Summer was rough. Summer was not fun for me. Um, And I think I was so in it that I didn't even know how how overwhelmed and stressed out and depressed I was because I was just like waking up and sprinting every day Mm -hmm. and going to bed like and I'll explain what that means but remember when that episode when we talked about the cocoon and like you are the cocoon is what adds pressure and stress on the caterpillar so that it can break free and become a butterfly Mm -hmm. summer absolutely was my cocoon and I just didn't know it because I couldn't see anything I couldn't see what was going on um but looking back I'm like oh my gosh summer was rough for me um yeah because there's a lot of reasons why but you know the pandemic and moving in with my parents with my husband that whole dynamic was fun (laughs) for lack of a better word it was fun guys um on top of that and navigating that and kind of coming back to like childhood stuff I thought I had already healed and worked through and I was like oh this is fun Uh, I thought I was over it I thought we worked through this already thank you for bringing it back around um inside myself and then kind of like my husband was like, what is all this? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Just don't even, <laughs> just don't. Just don't worry about it. Okay? Don't worry. <laughs> um, so all of that, navigating all of that. And also we were running Rays of Hope, which was a success. Like, I'm not going to say that it wasn't. And that also came with responsibilities for showing up to hold space for all these women that were struggling. It was a mm-hmm. rough year. So holding space for all of them in our group coaching program. And then we were also coming up with content every single week for that program. Um, Like I said, living with my parents and then the kicker. So I also work for another coaching company. They were exploding beyond capacity in the summer. There was only like three employees. We had a lot of clients And there was so much workload between the three people that it was completely 100% overwhelming. I was 100% overwhelmed. Um, I would get on the phone sometimes in those meetings and just cry because they'd give me a to-do list on it with a hundred things. And I'd be like, okay, awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll, We'll figure it out. We'll get it done. And then during the summer, so I was like, I'm ready to go all in on my business because I've got no school, no skate town, no other income really to speak of. So I have to put all my eggs in this basket. And I did that in every way you can imagine energetically. And then skate town reopened 
And they're like, we need you to come back. And I didn't want to say no because they had been providing me with unemployment for the last three months while they were shut down. And I just didn't feel like I could in good integrity, just say, peace out. Thanks for the unemployment. I'm not coming back. Although I suppose that could have been an option for me. I just chose not to take that, that route. So I went back and, um, now I was working crazy amount. I mean, I remember on Wednesdays when we had group coaching class, I was driving from somewhere, driving from somewhere to get home, to do the group coaching course, to then turn around and drive back to skate town to teach all night in the middle of also doing a hundred items for this other coaching company and running my own business and living at home with my parents, um, with a cranky husband. So it, I remember during that time. And like, I don't know if this is the most supportive thing for a friend to say, but like every time we were on the phone, I was like, girlfriend, your schedule freaks me the fuck out. Like, I, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you're doing this, that you're stressing me out by association. Like, I don't, I don't know how you're alive right now, how you're running, how you have energy to even show up here, much less to hold space for both Tash and I and the rest of the girls in the program. Like it was crazy. It was rough. Um, and the thing is, and this is my pattern that I've been really actually breaking through in the last three months, I've had to come to Jesus moment with the way that I run my life has been always all about other people and taking care of everyone else. And I realized that I was doing that. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I'm a life coach. I preach and teach all day to honor yourself, to love yourself, to respect yourself, to do what's right for you. Yet I wasn't applying that information when it came to boundaries with my business. In other areas of my life, yes, my relationships way better. Had a lot of really great boundaries in my personal relationships. And but when it came to my business, if a client needed me at midnight, I would freaking get up and answer the phone like no boundaries at all. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of drove myself crazy over the summer of just feeling completely and totally overwhelmed and in that cocoon space of my life is not working. I totally need an overhaul and a redo, um, which has been kind of, I'll, I'll talk more about this when we talk about fall, but fall for me. So summer was a massive mirror. It was a huge smack in the face. Like this is how you're operating. Do you not want to change it? Like it's time to change it. And so fall for me has just been a period of like cutting things away, falling away, letting things die off that I don't need in my life anymore and trying to refigure out what my priorities are because let's be honest, not everything can be top priority. And I was making everything top priority to the point where I was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, news of flash for you, anyone listening you are your biggest top priority. Yeah. A hundred percent. And 
I second guess saying this because I don't want to justify my behaviors. I'm so over the way I was showing up. And also I was in massive survival mode. Yeah. Like I had lost my jobs. I was trying to figure it out. I had all these streams of income that I was trying to get off the ground. I was trying to take care of me, my husband, my family. And I didn't even know I was in survival mode. I was just doing the thing that needed to be done every second of every day. Um, And now looking back, I'm like, oh, snap. Yeah, let's breathe. (laughs) Deep breaths. And let's refigure this out because there's no way I want to re I want to bring this pattern with me in 2021. Heck no. For sure. Yay for fall. Yay (laughs) for fall. Tash, you want to tell us about fall? So fall for me was amazing because I got to marry the love of my life. Um, (laughs) Enough said, move on to you. (laughs) That's it. That's all fall was. That's all fall Uh, was. uh, (laughs) I mean, fair Uh, enough. But mostly, yeah, yeah, like seriously, summer kind of felt like a honeymoon because we hadn't been together for six months. So Mm. that really did feel like a honeymoon. And then come September and October where we're kind of like okay like now we're back together like we what are we gonna do about our wedding like we have all these kind of like parts of plans put together like um what are we gonna do with it so I guess that's what it was was really just planning our wedding and getting married and now just like kind of being in la la love land for the last month (laughs) so (laughs) that was fall (laughs) but yeah my biggest like outcome from or I guess my biggest learning from fall I would say is if you have high expectations and you want things to be done like a very certain way and you're very stuck and rigid in um, what you want and what you're seeking and the outcome that you're looking for, um, you are likely setting yourself up for disappointment. And I think that was just realized with the wedding planning and planning it in like less than one month just having like all the things that you dream of and you want and you're thinking of and then the day of the wedding coming like if you if I had like super high expectations and hopes for that day aside from this is the day I get to marry the love of my life then I would have been very disappointed in some things and like even looking back like there's things where I'm like okay don't like think too much about that because you're gonna go into a wormhole of overthinking about that and like what it could have been instead Um, and so I think for me that was the biggest learning is um, everything we talked about on our last episode of boundaries and expectations was really really important for fall yeah I think that's probably I don't know one of the biggest things that I feel like everybody must have learned this year is not necessarily to lower your expectations but also like what place do expectations have 
in our lives. You know, when the entire world shuts down in a flash and people who like all of your plans are, are completely shut down. Um, what do you do with your expectations at that point? Um, it has to become something that you're just like, and I think we talked about this too, in an earlier episode where it's just like, what is it that these things actually mean? And what is it that I actually want from this rather than if you, you know, take a wedding rather than to have like the big flashy wedding, is it just marrying the love of my life? Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. like Like to be like, clear I don't think that you should lower your expectations like yeah no expectations just be flexible with those expectations and like Jessa just said like what do those expectations mean to you okay I'm expecting to like have a very nice wedding okay what does that mean like is that the flowers is that like the weather is that the people that you're surrounded with is it the food you're eating like what are all those things and can you be flexible with it and I think that is like the more flexible you are the happier you'll be with the outcome for sure yeah definitely totally um did you did you share fall Jessa I have not. Okay. I have not yet. Yeah, share fall with us. Um, so fall has been everything under the sun. It's been a high, a low, challenging, really exciting, um, just like a mixture of everything. Um, and probably been my period of most growth through this year. So one thing that I, yeah. (laughs) Um, one thing that I forgot to mention about summer was, um, the black lives matter movement had Mm -hmm. a profound effect on me, um, as I'm sure it did for most people in the U S and it was around the world as well. Um, it really for, aside from, facing the truths of systemic racism in our company, in our company, in our country. Um, and what that means, how I play a part in it, how I didn't even realize I was playing a part in it, all the things. Um, it also forced me very much to, uh, look at my relationship with social media and the way that I was showing up online. Um, because, it, sh- it was just, it was just a really rough time for me. Social media is something that I've always had a very strained relationship with. I didn't really know where my, um, I didn't really know why I liked it, why I used it, what I was using it for. And I was constantly trying for it to be this one thing. And especially around that time, it was a very, it was a time where you felt obligated to say something no matter what you were actually saying. So, and I I know everybody who has gone through this time on social media knows what I'm talking about, where it's like, no matter what you said, somebody had something to say about what you were saying. And for me going through that time, I had to not only step away from social media entirely because of that, but also I was like, 
what is my relationship with this thing? If I'm showing up and saying things that not that I don't necessarily mean, but that I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, like I'm saying something like the, um, performative activism, I'm saying something just to say something because people expect me to say something. Do you know what I mean? And for me, that period of time was so much deeper of an understanding of a dismantling of my understanding of things, of my reality, um, that I had to be like, I can't, I have to step away. I can't say anymore because I need to take a breath and think about how I feel about this and how I want to show up for myself, for those in, you know, the black community people of color community, all, all the things. Um, so I stepped away from social media in July, I think, Uh, And I was off it for about four months, which is huge, especially during quarantine and me living alone. Like it was as if I was removing my life raft from the rest of the world. Like I was removing my connection to the rest of the world. Um, However, it was the best thing that I could have possibly done for myself Um, because it forced me to sit with myself. And yes, it was also coinciding with the time where I was going through the depression, but I think that was also all like all the factors in like created that depression where I was like, I'm dismantling my idea of like what our country is and how we've been treating this like group of people and how my, my actions are contributing to this. And I didn't even know it and how I'm like dismantling my idea of social media and how I've used it in this huge, big, like thing of my life. Um, and then, like I said, I was also, um, Uh, thinking about how, you know, coaching was fitting into my life and just everything that was going on with us and our, like, everything was just like crazy for me in summer. Anyway, point being all that has led to fall where August came around, um, which I guess that's still stuck, still technically the, um, the end of summer. Uh, and, I decided to go back to school. I decided that what I wanted to do in life uh, for the time being was learn. I needed the structure. I wanted to learn and I wanted somebody to hold my hand through it. Um, I wanted to learn about things that fed my soul. And so I decided to enroll in the community college and just take classes and really had no expectations other than that from that place, but fall then became all about school for me. Um, and it was just so freaking fulfilling. I cannot explain to you. It is so fulfilling. I'm in the last week, actually right now, finals week of, of this first semester. Um, so exciting, exciting, so exciting. Um, And it's just, it's just been everything. It's just been freaking everything. I was, so the other thing too, is I decided to start, uh, doing sessions again with my therapist. So I added that additional, um, support back into my life that I desperately, desperately needed. And I was just talking to her about how I wish that there wasn't this stigma around school that I for sure had when I was 20 years old, 
um, about it not being necessary because there's so many skills and disciplines that you learn like just being a human being, being forced to be in school and do studying and get assignments in on time and having deadlines that if you don't, like, I am not a self-disciplined person. I'll just go right out there and say it. If somebody's not holding my hand through something like school, it's really, really difficult for me. Um, so for those of us, people like me who need that extra help, I think school's freaking essential. Wish I had known that at 20, but whatever. I'm 30 and now I'm learning it. It's cool. Um, so that's pretty much what my fall has been. That was a very long-winded um, explanation. <laughs> Love it. What about you? Okay. How, like you kind of mentioned that you have, fall has been all about like what fall is, shedding of those leaves. Do you want to expand yeah. a little? Absolutely. So in summer, I was doing everything, everything. And I know it's like, we'll define everything. Well, I kind of already did, right? I was doing Skate Town, Rays of Hope, um, Babes with Hope stuff, working for another life coaching company, supporting my own clients and living at home, which came with its own challenges and just navigating through all of that. Oh yeah. And there was something else that I forgot to mention. I'm also the assistant director to a local pageant here and that pageant takes place every summer. So that was also on my plate. So come fall, I was like, all right, enough is enough. I, it is time to figure out the last layers that need to be shed for me to step into myself. And I quit being an ice skating coach. That was, I know that maybe this sounds like a hyperbole yet for me, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Cause I was so attached to my students. I loved my students so much. I'd been their coach and their teacher for years. And I also, at that time also walked away from my skating instructor. We cried because I had set massive goals for myself in 2020 to get my gold test, which is basically as high as you can go. We were, we had worked together for years for me to get to that final test. I was supposed to test that in April. That did not happen. So I walked away from that. I walked away from everything at Skate Town to just be like, I need my mental health and I can't keep doing everything. So I closed that chapter of my life. I, um, we reformed and totally revamped what Babes with Hope actually is. We shut down our enrollment and we said, we're not enrolling right now. We will enroll, enroll again in 2021, yet we all need to take a break. Um, so we shut down enrollment for Babes with Hope. I quit Skate Town. I had a come to Jesus moment with my coaching company and I said, I love you and I am no longer going to continue to do three positions. So we've got to pick one for me and I've got to stay in that lane and that's it. So we revamped, we redid my whole entire contract with that company. They gave me a brand new title, basically. Um, I got promoted, which is great. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually more responsibility yet. It's less overwhelming because I'm doing one thing instead of a hundred things feels much more focused and streamlined. And really for me, the fall has been starting this podcast with you guys, 
I started my own podcast called Life Coach in Your Pocket because I really just wanted, I wanted the podcast to be me and finding myself as much as I love Babes with Hope and I love the energy that the three of us have and it means the world to me. And I also work for another coaching company. I was like, I want to find my voice. I want to find who I am as a coach without anyone else. And so I launched that podcast and I've been enjoying that so much. It's, it's given me so much joy to, to produce that every week and to produce this podcast with you ladies every single week. Like it is legit the highlight of my week. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, fall for me has been prioritizing my life and being okay with disappointing people. Hello. I finally have come to a place where I'm like, it's okay if they're going to be disappointed. It's okay if they have to refigure out my job description. It's okay that my all of my students are going to cry. It's okay. They will be okay. I will let them cry and then they will get a new coach and we will all move on with our lives, you know? Um, and just being okay with letting people be upset with circumstances that I've created, which I was never okay with that before. Um, so that I can choose myself. And that brings me so much freaking joy to say. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I choose me. I choose me. Yes. All the hearts, all the freaking hearts. And I was going to ask, like, what vibe are you going to take into the winter, the last bit of 2020 and into 2021? But I think I just got your answer. (laughs) Yeah, it's me. It's I choose me. And before when I used to say stuff like that, there, even if I believed it consciously, there was a little bit of like, yeah, but that's selfish in the back of my head (laughs) and now I'm like no it ain't because if I don't take care of myself no one else is going to take care of me the way that I deserve to be taken care of and I deserve to take care of myself um and that's where I'm at I love it yeah (sighs) seems like a really great place to end such a tumultuous year on is just choosing yourself. I feel like I definitely feel similarly, um, in, in choosing to go back to school and choosing to be a 30 year old going back to community college and like what that means possibly and stepping away from coaching and just all the things, all the life changes. Um, I feel like, kind of in the same place where I'm just like, I'm actually for once accepting that this is what I want to do and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do from here on out. Um, one of the other big themes that we didn't even touch on that I had to go through this year was, um, distancing myself from a friendship that I had had for years and kind of like figuring out like what is what does that mean you know like what does it mean when your best friendships are dissolved um and 
at the end of this year, going through all the ups and downs that I did in regards to that situation, I feel like I'm just like, fuck anybody else that does not support me, that does not want to support me. And I'm only welcoming in people that love me, that are here for my highest good. And that includes 100% starting with me at the top. Mm-hmm. Hell freaking yeah. <laughs> Boom. Tash, what do you want to take into 2021? I think that is what 2020 has taught us is like, if you don't prioritize yourself, your well-being, then you're really fucking no good to the rest of us because (laughs) (laughs) you can't even deal with yourself. So how do you expect to make everything else around you okay when you're not okay? And I think that's really, really what I'm going to be taking into 2021 is just making sure that I am okay, that I am able to listen to myself, to follow through with what I want to do, to not let that fear in the back of my head get to me and keep me from accomplishing what I know I am meant to and just really really running with like every tiny little seed that was planted in 2020 and there were so many because we had all this time right so I think 2020 was full of lessons yes it had its challenges but it at the same time was that cocoon for us to grow into a beautiful butterfly that will flap its wings and fly in 2021? I think it is. I think it was. Uh, I, I definitely feel similarly that I was in a cocoon this year and that I needed it. Yeah. I think it feels a little bit controversial to say that this actually ended up being quite a great year for me. Like no matter like all the ups and downs, like the end of it is like, I'm kind of grateful and I'm kind of really excited to go into this next year. I mean, who knows, who knows we, (laughs) this actually, I don't want to put this in our future that like this time next year, we're like, Oh, you guys are cute. (laughs) That's Yeah. We don't need to do that. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for 2021. I really feel like, um, I feel like personally, I set myself up in a really great way with some, some really good, um, structure and foundation. And I'm excited to see what the three of us do together. We grew so much Mm -hmm. as a little triplet group this year. (laughs) Um, that I just, I mean, we, we have really exciting things, ideas coming for 2021. And I'm just really excited to see those come to fruition. Me too. I'm super excited for all the babes of hope stuff that we have planned that we're thinking about, um, for our, just everything that we have going together. It just brings so much light and love and hope into my days. I love our meetings every week and, I'm a little sad that we're not going to be having a recording coming out for Christmas. Um, wait, it's past Christmas now that you're listening to this. Never mind. <laughs> oh, 
we did have we did have a little little hello a little happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaa for you okay on that note, I think this was a fabulous episode. Um, 2020 has taught us so many different things. Just know that the more you grow, the more challenges that are going to be coming your way because you're ready for it. We are ready for it. These challenges are here to teach us a lesson, to show us what we're capable of and teach us that we are freaking capable of amazing growth and change. And we are just fierce and ready on fire for 2021. I hope you guys are just as excited as we are. Leave us a comment. Let us know what brings you hope for 2021. And we will see you throughout the new year. Can't wait to listen more and talk to you guys then. Bye for now. Happy new year. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Babes with Hope. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of our coaching programs, you can reach us directly at babeswithhope.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.